evening and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And today is a good gardening day. It's one of those days when you go to the garden center, it's not going to be as busy as a typical sunny, warm day. So it's a, these are great days to, to just cruise around the, the tree lot uh, if you have the proper attire and in the greenhouses, you're undercover in there and it's kind of, I like it because you kind of hear the rain hitting the hitting the roofs of the greenhouses and all that stuff. It's a, it's actually a good time to to get out and uh, do any shopping. It's also great for our plants that we've been planting over the last few weeks. And uh, these kind of rains, I don't mind it, even though it's a Sunday and it, it's kind of, uh, I'd rather see it on a Monday or something. But it does, uh, it does help um, just these slow, good, steady rains builds up the the water up in the in the ground level of our for our plants newly planted trees and shrubs it definitely helps but if you have planted new trees and shrubs this still isn't enough so still ensure that you give your plants that little extra water to get that water down nice and deep just at the base of each one individually and uh, that way you make sure you're you're getting the water on it and i can't believe it's the 28th of june already where did the where did the time go? It's been amazing how fast this uh, this June has gone and uh, crazy. Anyways, it's all good. Um, let's. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We got almost a full board already up, and we got a few texts on the board as well. So if you'd like to uh, call or text, you can do that at four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, right now I'm going to go to the phone lines and talk to Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great, actually. It's a, it's a nice day. It's one of those just, uh, um, just kind of a, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of those days you just sit out and look out. and. Yeah, just watch it come down. Yeah, no, contemplate yeah. life. Exactly. How can I help you? <laughs> Well, I purchased a couple of bobo hydrangeas um, okay. about the first week in June, and they're planted, and mm-hmm. they got a lot of yellow leaves. Okay. Um, are they in full sun? Mm, pretty much. Okay. I, my only guess, like, what I'm almost saying is they're maybe not getting enough water down to the root ball, like just that slow, deep watering all the way down. Um, unless they're sitting in a real low spot where it's really wet. But I, I would almost venture to guess, that, did it droop down at all first? or Nope. No? Nope. Huh. Are you able to text me a picture? Because I can usually tell if it's too much water or if it got dried out. Because um, they, when you plant something new, typically if you can just... Uh, um, just put the hose on it, soak it all the way through down to the bottom of the root ball. Um, I, I see this a fair bit with newly planted things is that, uh, they get dry a couple times and then you'll get some yellow leaves and stuff like that. So, if, so um, I'm just going to ask my husband if he can do that for me. Okay. Yeah. It's the same phone number. Just if you can, if you guys, if you have a iPhone or whatever kind of phone, if you can text a picture to me, that would be great. Or you could email it to let's talk gardening. Text the picture? No. Oh, okay. sorry. He can't do okay. that. Okay. My guess would be it's just, I would just see if you can maybe put the hose down, give it a slow, deep watering all the way down to the bottom and, uh, and see if that helps. Cause you should start seeing, uh, some rebound on it. And they do like the fertilizer. If you want to do 15, 30, 15. Okay, I'll try that. All right. Thanks, Shirley. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. 
All right, I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to we're going to chat with Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you, Dale. I always enjoy your your questions, so this is going to be another one in the in our top five. So, um, is it possible to grow a plant in a submarine? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you think we're going to get that much rain? We're going to need some submarines. <laughs> well, you know, those people that they don't phone into your radio program. Yes, no, absolutely. They're 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 down underwater. They don't have any reception. <laughs> um, I just had one other question. Yep. Is is it a toll free call? Absolutely. Yep. The one eight hundred. Yes, it is five six three seven 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 zero. Absolutely. Um, actually, in a in a submarine, if you have the right lighting, like long as you if you had some of the grow light LEDs in there, absolutely, you could definitely do that. Oh, why not? Uh, they could be up in the Arctic. Yep. No, because people like we grow. Um, and no, and, and and it's a good question, but it's very relative to what's been going on. Anyways, a lot. We, we we there's a lot of sea can growing. There's a lot of warehouse growing of vegetables, um, cannabis, things like that. That is all artificial environment where they control 100 percent of the air, the water, the light, and and they give it everything they need perfectly and the plants survive so yeah you could definitely grow you could have little uh herb gardens down there or whatever you need just to get a little bit of fresh life down and uh i just wonder well you do you know how far they are underwater well yeah, sometimes they go deep right uh they go very deep yeah i don't think it would affect it it'd be interesting to know but i i wouldn't see why it would because if the humans if we're living down there with the, the only thing I wonder if you had too many plants with the oxygen and carbon dioxide that it like they take in the carbon dioxide and bring out um oxygen right so but uh i i don't see why it wouldn't work uh, i was just curious yep let's do it let's yeah. uh Let's get. I let's enjoy hope, your program. Uh, no, and I enjoy your calls. They're always they're always interesting, and I, and and it brings a different perspective. It uh, challenges the mind. I like it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dale. Take care, bud. All right, and we might need a submarine if it keeps raining, though. But uh, let's hope not. Let's go to Elaine. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, um, I have a very different problem than I've ever had. I have a problem with my potato plants. Okay. Um, I just texted you some pictures. Um, it seems to start yeah, with I see them. kind of the outside of the leaf turns a darker green and a velvety, and then they curl up to the inside, and they're getting yeah. very leggy. I've I have never had it before. It's across three varieties. Yeah, it looks like... Do you rotate your crops? I do, like, you know, not a great distance, but I do kind of one end of the garden, one year potatoes at the far end. And Yeah, unfortunately to me it looks like you got a fungus. Are these certified seed potatoes or potatoes that you've saved yourself? Uh, two of them are potatoes I've saved, and I've never had the problem, and I did buy some seed potatoes, some, um, um, oh, I forget what they were this year, you know, first time I brought in yeah. some different potatoes. Yeah, it looks like you have potato wilt. This looks like a fungus to me, and, um, I, I yeah, I don't think... Can they be saved? Not when they get, like, this bad. It looks like it's in right in them, so... Now, it's not all the plants, half the plants I would plants remove the ones good. that are really bad, because any of this, and especially when we get rain and stuff like this, it spreads spores quite easily. Mm. 
so myself, I would go and cut and remove all the ones that are really bad like that. Okay. Um, and then I would totally rotate my crop next year. I would move it somewhere else or skip a year or something if you don't have the room for potatoes and, and add something else. So I can't spray them with a fungicide? Or no, I, I just think like, they're too far gone. Like they're right, it's right in them. Like that, myself, I don't think you're going to be able to. Like when it's a tuber and potatoes, I, I think it's going to be a tough go. Mm, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can I ask one more question? Sure. Okay, I have a, a flowering crab that's got the leaves get yellow spots and rusty spots, and then the whole leaf turns yellow and falls off. Yeah. Um, it's a huge, huge tree. Is there? What can I do? Will I? Will I be losing it? Um, uh, some of it is. It sounds like you might have a bit of a blight in it. Um, but it's not like they're not the branches and die off. It just does this every year, kind of get a bit of yellowing, and then some of the leaves fall off. Okay. If it is, it could be also. If it depends on where the tree is. Is it in a lower line area? Is it wet? Would you say, or is it more of in a dry area? Um, typically in a dry area. Okay, that would be my other guess. Like sometimes, and this is where it's hard with leaves, because sometimes um, your leaves on your on your ornamental crab apples or any kind of crabs, if they get too dry, they'll go yellowy and fall off because that's the the, the tree's natural defense mechanism kicks in, mm -hmm. and if it doesn't have enough water, it'll it'll drop leaves. So again, just do some slow deep watering on that, and you can give it a shot of fifteen thirty fifteen if you haven't fertilized it. It really likes that high middle number. Okay. And then just get one of those soaker hoses. Like we have them, they're the fabric and they just kind of sweat out. Right, right. Um, put that all the way around the drip line and just leave it for a day or so and then all the water will go down deep. Do that every couple weeks and uh, like leave it for eight hours or something. That way you're not wasting water. It all goes down into the tree and then give it a shot of fertilizer right after that. Okay, I will try that. Thank all right. you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I got a question here on the text. I have a lawn with a lot of clover and dandelions. Applied your green lawn fertilizer two days ago before the good rain. How long will it see improve? You'll start seeing improvement within a week or so. Shouldn't be much longer than that. Um, depending on how bad the dandelions are and stuff, I would, you might want to give it one go of, of Killex to just get them under control and then the, the grass will thicken up and, and start choking them out as well. Okay, honestly, this year I seen two dandelions pop up in my yard. I didn't even go out and spray them and I have no dandelions. Like it's just been a couple of using the green it up and it just chokes them all out. So it will catch up and, and you will have uh, eventually no dandelions. It just, uh, it chokes them out. It, it works so good. So, and um, should I take a break? Yes, I will. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. I'm going to go through a few texts here and just read a few and then this answer them on air. Um, some are good questions, so I think uh, our listeners will enjoy, and then I'll get back to the phone lines. We have a poplar or trembling aspen suckering into our flower bed. 
we got onto we back onto a green space. Can how can we get rid of that? The only way um, ever or your aspen trees they grow in clones, so they send out little roots and then they I guess they do sucker up and that sort of becomes part of their family because you'll you'll notice in the fall if you're looking up in a hill of and the hills full of uh, of the trembling aspens, you'll see they'll change color in different times. But each little family will change color at different times. Some will start turning yellow as they go, and then the other ones maybe not quite yet. And so, so they are like little families out there. So you just got to dig down and just do some root pruning. I would go back on the other side of the fence towards the the natural area if you're behind your yard. Just dig down and just do some root pruning, and you can pull them out that way. And uh, and hopefully that will help out on that one because it's hard to fight uh, Mother Nature. Um, Got to hear a picture of a clump birch. And this is the one problem I have with birch trees nowadays is that we get inundated with this birch leaf miner. Um, we've had some good research. You can do the injections as well. Um, it's too late. You already got some of the damage. But spraying with a- ambush um, with a permethrin in it. Um, does work quite well and give your birch tree rage plus so give it a good soak and it looks like your grass could use a bit of a a green it up um shot you know a bunch of patches in there and i would give a put a soaker hose around that birch and give it a really good shot of rage plus a couple two or three times throughout the summer um it will really help it combat that um and recover through the birch leaf miner. But next spring, you just got to get at it a bit earlier, spray around the ground, do a really good fall cleanup, clean up all the leaves really well, and uh, and just start spraying it once a week when just when it starts leafing out and uh, and give it some Rage Plus, and hopefully that uh, that will help. And uh, it's, a, it's a tough one here in Calgary. I, and I'm frustrated because I love the birch trees, but we're not allowed to, uh, we can't use the good, good old uh, Latox or Saigon, which is probably a good thing too. And I just got a great picture. And it says, happy Sunday, loving the rain. So is my shade garden. Like these are gorgeous hostas and ferns. And and uh, looks like there's some bleeding hearts in there. Man, no oh man, they're massive. Looks like a little tropical jungle. Good job. I'm not too sure who that is, but... Uh, that looks fantastic. And good morning. One of your s- staff suggested I try this product to reduce my container water. However, I'm curious if I added too much, as it as it says an inch, it looks like mush, and I have to add to water more than a week. Is it really this good? Um, and what the product they're talking about is the hemp sense. It does retain water. So typically you can add it to the top, um, but it does... It does. So what I would do is stir it up a bit just to help dry it out a bit. And even just mix it into the top two or three inch of your existing soil. But it, it does retain water. So even if you mix that in with your existing garden in certain areas, if you have somewhere that's really dry, the hemp product works phenomenal for that. Um and also, if you're looking for a good top dressing for your soil, we have a new Green It Up 
um, soil enhancer in our bulk bins. It, it, it's like a, it's it's a very fine mulch, but it has uh, lots of nutrients in it, and it's a local local product here. So it's sort of like a compost mulch mixed together, really fine. But it gives you that nice soil look on top. I'd put a couple, two or three inches thick, spread it around. You can mix it in your soil bit, but it gives you that really nice soil, healthy soil look on top. So I would. Uh, I would look at using that as well. And I got one more here that I'll read. It says, in the last few days, my greenhouse, which has several vegetables, has been infested with aphids. Can it be sprayed with pure spray green? Yes, it can. But just read, I think, days before harvest, I think, is 15 to 16 days. Um, so just ensure, and don't do it in the middle of the day on a super sunny day. Like a day like today is perfect, but you need to do it every five days as well. If you, anybody has aphids out there, as a lot of the aphids are born or they are born pregnant, and they always reproduce automatically. So you have to do it every five days to break the cycle. And right now I'm going to go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm uh, swimming. <laughs> yeah, no, a little bit of rain out there. Yeah, just a bit. <coughs> How can I help you? Well, my iris. Does, yeah. Are there certain ones that don't multiply? Mm-mm. No? No, for the most part, they all do, I believe. As they are a bulb and that sort of the rhizomes expand and, and, uh, and that's how they reproduce. So they just keep sending off more and more shoots. So Really? Because I've got one I've had for a few years and it's just not multiplying but it's beautiful yeah it just doesn't seem huh no typically they should uh, well uh, that's what i thought yeah what type is it do you know oh i don't know i just planted it okay <laughs> yeah um, from I, what i understand I, I believe they all do okay. um but sometimes if you have a super healthy spot for it sometimes yeah. plants don't feel the necessity to reproduce because they're solely happy right oh so okay. and that's sometimes true like even when like right now is a really important time for people to deadhead and do different things with their perennials as they like even if you have lupins and you've gone through your first summer bloom cut them right back the lupins all the blooms and a lot of times you'll get another batch of blooms because if you let it go to seed the plant thinks it's done itself it's reproduced right yes and then it doesn't bloom. But if you pull those blooms off before they go to seed, the plant says, oh, oh I got to redo this all over again. It'll send out another batch of flowers. So that's why really? deadheading is totally important, especially on roses, a lot of your annuals, things like that. Because oh, yeah. then you're just tricking the plant to think, oh, yeah, I got to keep reproducing. It'll send out more and more beautiful flowers for you. So Really? Absolutely. Well, my lady slippers bloom like crazy. Yep. So just deadhead too, and just that'll keep encouraging more and more blooms. So. Okay. All right. So just take the blooms off as soon as they're done. Yeah, just down below. Even just a bit before. I always do it. People always look at me. I always do it just before they really look bad when you can just start seeing them going. Oh, yeah. And that's when I take them off. I'll go through the yard and deadhead at that point just because it it, it tricks the plant to say, hey, I better send more out. So. Well, my sister would like some of it, but I... So far, I don't see how I'm going to do it without, <laughs> without losing it. It doesn't want, does want to go visit her. It just wants no, to stay with it you. it doesn't want to go nowhere. There you go. All right. Thanks, Joyce. Okay, Merle. Have a take good care. day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I got a quick question here on the text. Good morning. An Alberta wild rose has sprung up next to my gate. Only a foot tall and looks healthy, but a very shady area. Can I transplant to a sunnier spot? If so, how? I would typically, on a day like this, you could try to do it, um, but you need to get a big, try and get a really, really big root ball. Or a better case scenario is if you can wait till next spring is the best. Um, Just dig it up early spring before it's leafed out, move it into a new spot, transplant it. Again, try and get as big as as a root as you can on it. But something like that, it probably doesn't have a huge root yet. So a good chance you can uh, dig down and get a, a good chunk of the soil, put it into a pot and transplant it over. And if you're going to try it a day like today is great because it's nice and cool, wet, less stress on it. And then I'd also use a product, even like a Rage Plus or 105210 when you go to transplant water it in well and then give it a shot of of the 105210 for transplanting and i'm going to go to the phone lines i'm going to chat with john good morning john good morning merle uh, thanks for taking my call of course how can i help you well i got another question about uh, dieback on trees uh oh, it's been nasty you, you've been talking about that a lot uh, these are actually some di- different deciduous trees i have out in fairmont and i'm just wondering so depending on how much dieback i've got like if i'm down to the ground with some suckers coming up how many suckers would I keep? And then secondly, if I've got dieback, say, about halfway down, how many of the, the, like, where it comes out of the secondary buds, leaves out, how many of those should I keep? What kind of tree is the first question? Uh, well, I got a few, like a catalpa. I've got one right down to the ground, acacia down to the ground. So, and they and they'll shoot up. problem I've had in the past is, then they'll shoot up really strong, and of course, the, the, they'll be pretty weak, and then they'll die back again. Yeah, so what right? you can do is, I would, like, if you want to sort of trade more of a, a tree type or a type of a single stem, you can do that. But you can also, as they get a bit tall, you can just just give them a little trim on top. Okay. And that'll help thicken them up and send more branches. Don't let it get too thick before you do that, like the size of your pinky or something like that. Right. And then if you just trim them on the top, just cut just above one of the leaf nodes, uh-huh. and then that'll help thicken it up lower, and it oh, won't just shoot. Because okay. okay. what happens is you have all that energy, because when the tree or bigger tree or shrub dies, right, yep. you have it's used to supporting all the tree above. Sure. Yep. So right now you have all that massive root structure, going into all new growth. Yep, yep, yep. So you're going to get big shots of all of a sudden two or five feet or six feet of... Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's pretty normal because, like I said, the tree has all that energy and it's going to rejuvenate itself is sort of <clears throat> a lot of times why we recommend if if someone's had dieback of more than a third or two-thirds, a lot of times it's just better to take your shrubs down, let them start fresh, and push up from the bottom, so... Okay, and about watering, I obviously I've got my watering all wrong based on listening to you, because uh, I'd heard years ago not to water trees when they're dormant, but clearly that's all wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, because what we have to do is, you do have to slow them down, though. Like, in we stop watering or slow down watering in September until they lose the leaves, if we've done normal watering throughout the summer, right? Right. 
And then, when unfortunately, in September, we start heading towards the, that dreaded word, the winter already. And we've got to let the tree, because if you keep watering and fertilizing all your trees and shrubs right till freeze up, that's where we get a lot of that freeze-dried, which did affect a lot of our trees, what we had there in September. when And certain parts of the city were way worse. Like, some went down to minus 10, minus 8, and other parts of the city was minus 16, right? Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. Um, so a lot of it was this freeze dried. So again, it's a it's a fine line of slowing it down. Like in September, you got to stop, slow down your watering, let it go dormant, start losing its cut leaves and all that stuff. And then once you get into mid October, is that where we got to add the water for the fall watering good? So that way, in the spring, it has that water to sustain itself, and throughout the winter, you don't get the desiccation. So right. Right. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Thanks very much, Merle. All right. Good luck. Let me know. Okay. okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <clears throat> All right. Where are we at for time? I got time. I'm going to go to John number two. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How you doing? Fine morning out there. It's a gorgeous morning. Unbelievable. Yeah. I made my white suit out doing gardening. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, first of all, potatoes. Yep. They say they like a little drier. Yes. So I have, I, I'm using the garden box this year. These things are growing about five inches a week. That's nice. And you just keep hilling them up as they go? Or? I do, yes. Awesome. But I got the cover on them today because I've received 20 millimeters of rain so far. Okay. This last 24 hours. The other thing, my uh, Asian lily. Yeah, the Asiatic lilies, yes. A- Asiatic, yes. It has got a ton of these little black things on it. Looks like and it's not black, not but uh, yeah, little, they... and all over the leaves are uh, some areas are chewed up and everything. Okay, else. have you noticed any little red bugs? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. But I just noticed this yesterday. Okay, it's telling you you might have. A, hopefully, you don't have the 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 red lily beetle, and they they do go after the Asiatic lilies. And I would uh, just really keep an eye out for that, John. Take a look down and see. I would even spray it with ambush now. Like I'd, if you have any ambush, I would give them a spray every few days. Because a lot of times that's the poop and or the things from the beetles eating them. If they're starting to chew them up, you'll see the remnants of, of, uh, of the bugs or whatever's eating them as well. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So. Oh. All right. Ambush. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Spray. Alrighty, go get them. Spray green is no good. Um, it'll work as well, but not as good. It depends how bad you got it. I just, oh. I know the the ambush has been a proven uh, one. I've had some people say they've had good success with the pure spray green as well. And if you see them, just squish them. They look like a red, a pure red um, ladybug, like they're red lily beetle, and they just go after our, the Asiatic lilies like crazy. Okay, I'll get in my kayak and paddle down to you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Carol. Good morning, Carol. Oh, good morning. Can you uh, hear me? Absolutely. How can I help you? Well, I just have the worst ant infestation ever. Uh-oh. Four different four different areas in the lawn. The lawn is in really good shape. I use your lawn fertilizer. Okay. Water the lawn religiously, and um, uh, how do you water? Uh, like, like 
is like five minutes at a time or 20 minutes or two or and how often just uh so i water twice a week and each time i put a little tuna can out there and it measures about three quarters of an inch okay so 15 20 minutes or an hour uh, yes, it's all about 45 minutes, actually. Okay, so it, it sounds like you're watering properly. Right. Um, so um, we have a couple products. We have some ant out. We have a spray and then a dust or a diatomaceous earth is what you can put in there. And you might want to just um, add a little extra water in some of those spots where the ants are, and it will help make it uncomfortable for them, and and they will tend to move off. Um okay. So if I if I were to ask you, um, just because children play in the area, and they can't now, so if I were to ask you what is the most efficient, fastest way, or uh, which product would you suggest? I would say the Kills, like we have a, it's called Kills, it's in an aerosol can. Um, it, it, um, it would be the most effective and the quickest way of, uh, of dealing with those. And it's safe, of course? Yep. And, well, obviously, you got to be careful, and you don't want to be spraying and, and putting your hands over and sticking your hands in your mouth, right? No, so, of course. <laughs> just, I, I, read the directions, follow some common sense, keep it, keep the area clear for a day or two after, and uh, and just and then after that, I would just ensure that you're watering a little heavier in that area, and just and help to help the grass take over after the after the ants have been in there eating all the roots up and stuff like that as well. Okay, perfect. I'm going to buy some. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Carol. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Got a couple questions here on the text, too. My dahlia leaves are turning yellow. I potted two plants together in an old bucket. Um, Just with that bucket, make sure that you have drainage. And in my knowledge, I would think you probably should have went to a bigger pot. And a lot of people are going to start seeing that issue right now coming up into July when we hopefully get some heat. And our annuals are in too small a pot. So what we need to do is uh, a lot of times transplant um, your your pots or plants into bigger bigger pots, especially as we get into the summer months. It gets quite dry here, quite um, quite hot. Hopefully, and uh, and then continue to feed and deadhead your annuals. Um, Fifteen thirty fifteen is great. And again, I. Uh, don't always want I like to give my my gardening buddy who owns uh, the Kildare's pub up in Silverado he gets we do his planters for him every year and he has some of the nicest gorgeous hangers um, I like to think he starts with us but it's how he cares for him he fertilizes them after he deadheads um, he gardens his patio and his uh, his patio is uh, second to none um, with the plants and stuff that he has on there. So if you want to see some gorgeous hangers, um, <laughs> stop for out at Kildare's and uh, have a nice lunch on the patio there. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great spot, good food as well. And I'm going to take a phone call. I'm going to go, where are we at? Who's been on the longest? We're going to go down to David. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning. How can I help you? Uh, your crew's coming out this coming Friday to plant uh, courageous ornamental crab and uh, I was given some 105210, yep. but just in a yogurt container, no instructions. So I was wondering if you could tell me, like, do I put in a, like a teaspoon and five-gallon buckets once a week or something like that? Yeah, it just um, is, it's the 105210. I think it's one of those scoops per four or five liters, like per water can, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So either if you, do you have a water bag or are you going to use the hose? Just the hose. Okay. So what I would do first is put the hose on a real slow trickle so it's just barely coming out of the hose. 
and and it's a caliper tree, I take it, so a larger... Yes. Okay. I would leave it on for at least five to six hours twice a week. Wow, okay. So just so it's barely coming out of the hose, though, so you're not wasting any water. Because you got to, we're going to be digging a hole three feet by three feet at least, right? That's right. So we got to get the water in that whole root ball and then all the way down so that we ensure that the whole root ball is going to be utilized. And after I did that, once a week, one time out of each of those for the next three to four weeks, I would give it up a bucket of the 105210. Oh, really good. Okay, yeah. that's good. Hey, can I ask another quick question? Of course. Uh, your lawn fertilizer, I think uh, I think it said you could do a second application in summer. When is summer to you? Uh, depends when you do it. Typically right now, like once you hit July. Yeah. Is, and actually, I was just, when I get home, I'm going to hit mine. I looked out and I sort of looked at Okay, I did mine early May. I'm going to hit mine in, for the second time right now. So That's what I was kind of thinking. Great. Well, thanks very much. All right. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's it's so important, and and unfortunately, sometimes these rainy days, and I I know I labor this one to death, and I talk about, but the the water that we get off the rain isn't enough um, to get down into into the root ball that we've uh, that we've dug on the holes. Like it waters the top one or two inches, and with our soil being so hard, the water never gets down there. So it's super important that your watering, no matter where you buy the trees from any garden center, wherever you're buying them, is get down nice and deep. And uh, makes all the difference. And here's the question. I've taken cuttings from an apple blossom geranium, which is kind of spindly, but I feel it's healthy. I used root hormone on the cutting. How long do I need to wait to fertilize? And which type? Thanks, Donna. What I would do is on this one, um, if you're using fresh soil, just let it, you'll start seeing new growth starting to come and start rooting in. And then at that time, you can use 15, 30, 15 um, so you're going to be three, two, three weeks after, um, you transplant that into a new plot with new fresh soil, and then you should be fine to do that. And what do I got here? Good morning. How can I keep the grass and weeds out of the moss area? I, I can, I use Killex or perhaps something else. Actually, unfortunately, yeah, you got to use in your moss area. And so what do you do is I would just get a two or three inch tube or something and put it over top of the grass that's creeping into your moss. And then you just spray Roundup down it. Um, Killex won't kill that. It's a selective herbicide. Roundup is a non-selective. But the reason you want to use the tube, it'll also kill your moss if it touches it. So you just put it over top of the of the grass and then just spray enough to get the, the grass blades uh a wet or if it's small enough and if you're able to do it if you're not infested totally you can just brush it on as well but it's right in the middle yeah you got a little bit of a tough go one i just blew up the picture a little bit so i could see a little bit better it's it's a tough one at this year it's just it's being diligent when they're smaller so it doesn't get away on you so um you could also pull it up out of the ground if you if it gets really bad and just pull the grass out and then as the new ones come just try and get on it right away as the as the grass comes up okay okay when would you recommend introducing ladybugs into the garden have a ton of aphids even two adina traps can't remember the last time i even saw a ladybug in my garden i, I haven't seen a lot of, i've seen a couple ladybugs this year but right now i believe we're going to start getting them in this week um so right now is a great time to start putting your uh, ladybugs out and hopefully we can start seeing them a bit more and uh, hopefully hopefully they uh, start coming out 
And I got one more quick question here on the text. I'm trying to do a little bit of both because I got some phone calls that haven't been waiting too, too long that I'll get to, but I have a lot of text that I want to. I have a blue Andromedia. I planted it in the spring 2019. I tried fertilizer a few times this year with little success. Is this dead? What I would do is cut back all that brown, deady stuff and try and revitalize the root. I would almost just take it all right down to the ground because right now it's wasting a lot of energy trying to revive all that old deadwood. So just cut all that back and just let it come fresh from the bottom. Most of your perennials, that's what you want to do. So that's what I would do myself. Uh, hi, Merle. At the risk of this question being asked several times, our French lilac needs to be pruned. When is the best time of year to do it? Lilac flowers are done for this year. Sure didn't last long but they are so sweet. Enjoy your show. And cheers, Debbie. And right now, depending on what you want to, why you want to prune it, if you just want to trim off the top to shape it a bit, right now is a great time as soon as it's just done blooming and you can trim some of the stuff on the bottom. It, yours looks like a pretty healthy-looking um, shrub. And that, maybe just cut off any of the any of the branches that you have stubs or any deadwood on it, but yours looks pretty healthy. So I don't think you need a whole lot of uh, fertilizing and, uh, or any, any much pruning, and then you should be good to go. And I'm going to take a break. When I get back, I'll hit the phone lines. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Back to Let's Talk Gardening and uh, Great Canadian Tunes by Brian. As Canada Day is coming up this Wednesday, fortunately we're not going to have any of the big uh, parties and things going on, but uh, happy Canada Day coming up this week. And uh, we live in a great place and uh, hopefully um, we can get back on the, on the right track. And uh, 2020 has been a different year for sure. Lots of... Uh, Lots of interesting things going on. Let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to go up to Don. Good morning, Don. Well, how are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, I've got a white spruce. Yep. We, we planted about about five or six years ago, about four feet, and it was it was yellowed. Um, it was hard to bring on. It's been good, but this year has been really hard on trees. So it's about ten feet high now, but this year it's yellowed again and, and doesn't show much in the way of growth. Is it mainly yellow in the middle or or no. on the outside? No, I think it's on the outside. It looks actually looking now with with all this rain, it looks like it's greening a little bit to the inside, but uh, there's it's showing no growth. There's no no uh, nothing on the on the extremity at all. Okay, and huh? Yeah, you should be having lots of new growth on your spruce by now. Um, so the, the wife put on a. She, I'm not sure if it's either a 2010 10 Miracle Grow Evergreen or a or a uh, 1036 is what she she yeah. makes for fertilizer this spring. Yeah, anyway. 30 10 10, 20 10 10, something with a higher first number on the spruce is usually good. Um, just ensure that it's it, you don't have too much stuff around over top of the root ball. Like make sure it's not planted too deep or too much mulch or anything on it. Um, and if there is, you can just pull some of the loam or anything away from the root. Yeah, really sandy soil. Really okay, sandy soil. perfect. 
Um, yeah, the white through, and it has been a, it's been a, a, a hard, hard year on, I would just, again, just ensure it's getting some slow, deep watering, the soaker hose method and hit it a few times here coming up once a week with the 30, 10, 10. Continue to fertilize it, eh? Yeah. Well, it, it's just, it sounds like it's just lacking. It doesn't sound like it's sick per se. It's just sound like it's lacking nutrients. And sometimes sandy soil is tougher on things because a lot of the stuff just goes quick. Okay, great. And just one other question too. Cutworms, our garden this year, we, we seem to be having a... a BTK. Yeah. You can use BTK. BTK? Yeah. That's a spray? Yeah. Okay. All righty. Thank you. All right, take care. Thanks, Don. Uh, Bye-bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. We got Peter. Good morning, Peter. Hi, good morning. How can I help you? Okay, I have uh, I have some bare spots on my lawn, and I'm just wondering if I can uh, get small pieces of sod, if I can purchase some sod. Yeah, we, we, sell, yeah, we sell sod um, just by the roll as well. And it's uh, they're two feet by five feet, so each piece is ten square feet. Okay, would that be the best way to, to fix the what, lawn? What, what do they die? What did it die from? Oh, I got to be honest with you, I was a bit over overindulgent with the Killex. Oh, okay, I, I, I kind of made a mess out there. Okay, yeah, it, it'll actually it'll come back fairly quickly from that. Um, if you're, I would just again, I would probably just I would just try using our green it up lawn fertilizer. And okay. it will actually rebound out of that fairly quickly because chances are it didn't totally kill the root. You just burn the foliage on top. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I would give it a good shot of our green up lawn fertilizer and just give that a little bit of a raking. And actually, I think you'll be fairly surprised at how fast it might rebound without having to replace a lot of the sod. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. And just give it a good shot of water through there, like in each spot, just to flush out the soil. Sure thing. All righty. And then fertilize, and then uh, let me know how that goes. I will do. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Nancy. Good morning, Nancy. Hi. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Uh, Good. Thank you. Thank you for letting me on your show. Of course. Um, I have a question. I have a lemon tree. We just bought it this year. Okay. It's potted. It's 10 years old. It It has fruit on it. Yep. A, cu- a couple of issues. It had uh, black spots on the leaves and a, a cup, um, some fungus on the branches. Okay. So I went and bought fungal spray, sprayed the leaves, sprayed the tree. It doesn't seem to be working. Okay. What I would do is actually we have a product called Pure Spray Green that it's it works as an insecticide. You might what you might think is it like little white fuzzies on it? No, it's like black dots on the leaves. Yeah. And it's like a black. Uh, it's like someone put black chalk on the the branch. Okay. Yeah, I would probably use pure spray green rather than that. Um, what fungal spray? Do you remember? Like, was it like Bordeaux or something? No, I don't remember. Okay. And then the fertilizer, it likes, I think I just responded, I think you maybe sent me a text as well. Um, But it's a good question. We have a lot of lemons, and actually we just brought a whole shipment of lemon and citrus trees from Florida. So we have a... A bunch of lemon trees in stock right now. Actually, we have some cool variegated leaf lemon trees if anybody's interested. But they love the high um, 
like they like a thirty ten ten fertilizer, like they like an evergreen fertilizer. Okay, because when I bought it, they said do a twenty twenty twenty. That that so one I- that one would work well as as well. Um, it's a good all purpose. It, it's a very even number um, that would work um, pretty much. A, not just as well, but the the thirty ten ten the lemons like it a little bit more more acidic, but um, twenty 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 if that's if you have a lot of plants I would again I use fifteen thirty fifteen outside and then I use twenty 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 on my indoor plants so I kind of balance it out so it's a great all purpose. Okay, yeah, because it's inside, and I am finding that I had a couple of lemons about a loony size yep. that just fell off. Yeah, they so, they do that, and it's frustrating. I have a lemon. I put mine outside every spring. Like my mine's outside for the summer. I just find it loves the sun, and then it gets a bit more pollination and stuff like that, and uh, it just seems to do really well outside for the summertime. So I I leave it out until September. So and then I bring oh. it back in the house, and I but I spray it really good with pure spray green before I bring it inside, just to get the air going and stuff like that. So, oh, because my tree's like ten years old, so it's like about it's huge. Yeah, so I don't think I could drag it no. in and out of my okay. door. No, no, that makes a great <laughs> it makes a great indoor plant too. So you should be fine. How tall is it? It's about six feet. Okay, okay, Five, six feet. Oh, and you just bought this. Yeah, I just bought it. It already came with lemons on it and stuff. So, wow. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I would, like, again, um, the 2020 is fine, but they do. And what, did you transplant it? No, nothing. It just comes in a pot, and we're leaving it like that. Okay, how big of a pot? Uh, two feet by two feet. Okay, so it's a fairly big pot. So that should be fine. Is it tall cylinder type pot? Like, is it taller yeah. than wider? Uh, It could be. Okay, yeah, because they, like, they do like the more cylinder-type pots as well. Like, if you'll see, a lot of times people, when they're grown, and they're always in a taller, skinnier pot. Um, yeah. the, the lemons and the citrus seem to like that. It could be just adjusting, too, to the new house, right? It, it, they come, and sometimes as smaller plants, they, in Canada, because it is dry in our humidity, sometimes they don't, they're not as gorgeous as you might see on some of those beautiful Pinterest photos that we see of those gorgeous topiary lemon trees and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, again, just ensure that it gets good even watering. Um, fertilize with the 20-20-20 is fine, but fertilize after you after you water. So, and is there drainage holes in the pot? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, it just, so, a bit of adjusting. If you want to text me a picture, I could have a quick look at it as well. Oh, I'm in Calgary right now instead of Edmonton. Okay. Uh, but I can do that later. Um, also, the leaves are drying up. So I've been spraying it with a little bit of water daily. Should uh, I no, do that? No, if the leaves are drying up, just make sure you're doing that. Because on a big plant like that, and if you're just giving it a little bit of water on the pot, you know what I mean? Yeah. You need to water that whole root ball. Like it needs to get a good flushing every so often. And that's what's hard when you get really big house plants because you got to get the water down unless you have a big saucer underneath it. You end up with water all over your floor. So it's it's one of those tough ones, right? So if you can move it every so often to a sink or a bathtub or outside on the deck once in a while just to give it a good shot and flush it all the way through. Um, but don't just give it a little bit of water on top because you're probably not getting enough water to sustain that big root ball. Okay, because I put a, a blue uh, 
kid pool underneath it, like a oh, small one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> no, I d- couldn't find a tree, a dip tree that big. You no, know, it sounds like you're doing everything right. So just ensure that when you do water it, give it a really good watering. Then, if you have one of those kids pools like that, absolutely, just give it a good shot, water it all the way through, so the water comes out the bottom really good. Okay, what's the name of that uh, fertil- uh, fertilizer? Green, green, oh, Pure Spray Green, and on. And we have that at down at Spruce It Up. And if you want to get some of the 301010, the Green It Up stuff, it's um, one that we've created for that. So Wonderful. And you, you fertilize it once a week? No, um, I would fertilize it sort of once a month. Like they're not, oh. yeah. If you do a proper fertilize, um, give it a good one. Once a month is lots. Wonderful. All Thank right. you, sir, very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, love those. That's a huge lemon. I wonder where she got that. That's uh, that's kind of cool. And I'm going to go. I got a bit of time. Where am I at here? Who's waiting? We're going to go to Jared. Good morning, Jared. How you doing, Merle? Good, good. How can I help you? So I bought a raspberry bush from uh, Spruce It Up uh, in the early spring, and I planted it. Yeah. Um, I planted it to what I thought was a pest-free area, but it turns out I planted it to a fairly large, right next to a fairly large ant colony. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Um, the, it, all, all the cane, the canes are kind of dying from the inside. The leaves are all turning brown. I've seen some flowers, but they haven't, been, they haven't fruited. So what, what I would do is get some diatomaceous earth or the okay. ant out, get it all over that, um, that ant hill that's by there. Okay. And then I would also... Um, just make sure you're giving it that slow, deep watering and fertilize with 15, 30, 15. 15, 30, 15. Okay, yep. I, will, I will do that. Because you really Thanks. want to concentrate on the roots because uh, the rad- or the radishes, the, the raspberries, <laughs> I got radishes on my brain. I got, I've got i been <laughs> harvesting them every morning. I just eat uh, f- eight radishes off my little planter off my deck. So, oh, nice. uh, But if, with the raspberries, they don't have huge root systems, right? Yeah. So okay. you have to just ensure that slow, deep watering just, yep. to, just to get it on top and ensure that you get some good compost or, yep. like, again, uh, a scoop of that, that green it up uh, soil amendment would be awesome for that. It would just give it the good cover, hold the moisture in, and give it some nourishment as well. So Okay, and what was the, what was the mix of that fertilizer? Um, 15, 30, 15. 15, 30, 15. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much, Neil. All right, take care. Thanks, Sherrod. Bye-bye. All right. I think I got time for one more before I need to take a break. We're going to go to Susan. Good morning, Susan. Hello, Merle. How are you? Good. I love your show. Thank you. How can I help you? Anyways, um, um, our area has a lot of uh, oyster shell scale disease. Yeah. And um, across the street, they had to cut down the cotone asters. But I have a lot of lilac bushes in the backyard, and I noticed that that scale must have been on for years. I thought it was part of the branches, but yeah. the the lilacs are healthy. But I'm worried that um, the are, disease might transfer. Are to you the getting lots of ble- lots of blooms and stuff? Yeah, it's like more than last year. So it's sometimes huge. the lilac. Um, branches, it, it might be a bit deceiving. They get those little white dots yeah. like, that look like scale, but they're not scale. That's just the natural bark of the... Oh. So unless you're seeing it like a little bump, like it's hard because I'm, I'm visualizing lilac bark 
and it does have these little white dots. It's similar like a mountain ash or amir cherry. They all have a little bit. So I, I, I don't know. You might not have okay. it. If it's nice and healthy, if you have that bad of scale, you'd see a depletion of the tree. Like it wouldn't oh. be doing well. Okay. So I would think you have just a nice, healthy um, lilac. Um, keep doing what you're doing, slow, deep watering, give it a shot of yeah. fertilizer, the 15, 30, 15. And if you want to just make sure you could get some pure spray green, and that's okay. what the pros use to on the scale. So Okay, so the pure spray green, that's uh, like that's like an oil you mix with water and yes, spray, spray it on. on. Yes, it is. So that's like a preventative measure just well, in case. Well, it is, or... what, but it, it, it gets the fly like early on, and if the scale's on there, um, you'll, you'll see if you can go scrape them off. Like, but I'm pretty sure you don't have it. So, okay, because it's kind of like a, a little rectangular, flat kind of brownish yeah, thing on unless that. Unless you can peel it off, like uh, just see if you could peel it off. Then you could possibly. But just thinking what what lilac bark looks like, I think you're 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 okay. Okay, I peeled a little bit off, and then but then it, I peeled and it the bark. Bought. Green, then it became, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think you have it. I'm oh, pretty sure. Oh, thank you so much, then. All righty, thanks, bye. Susan. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And where are we at for time? Good. I'm going to do a few um, text. It says here, I'm I'm from Brooks, and we have a bunch of cedar trees that are 10 feet tall, and they seem to have all died over the winter. Is there any chance of them coming back? No, um, when they're completely cold, that's uh, the, unfortunately you're just gonna have to dig those up. They just got freeze dried, and it's sad when, especially when you you grew them and got them to be able to get to ten feet tall. Um, yeah, they're unfortunately they will not come back, and it's a it's a nasty thing. And I just got a text. And hi, is this a weed? It's a flower from my son's yard. No, that looks like it's a bachelor button, Penny. So they uh, they're fairly in, they will be invasive, but they're actually a great uh, great looking tree, great looking perennial. Sorry, and then I got one from Sylvia. I believe she has a mountain ash. Um, said it was a sumac, but it looks like it's a mountain ash. It's quite a large tree, and I've never seen that where the squirrels have chewed all the bark off some of the trees. Another thing, Sylvia, it might be uh, if you have porcupine nearby. It looks more like a porcupine. I've never seen squirrels chew the bark off a tree like that. My my guess would be it would most likely be a porcupine because they get up into trees and they'll just strip the bark off, and uh, it's nasty. So, um, yeah, I would just get that pruned off because with the bark tr- peeled off that um, tree like that, it'll just end up killing the whole tree. And uh, someone else here, Valerie, has a whole bunch of lilies that have been destroyed by lily beetles. And will they come back? Um, You can try. um, We just really got to combat that um, bug as as good as you can. You got to revitalize it. And 153015 is a good one to use for that, Valerie, and just ensure that you're keeping it nice and clean and get rid of that uh, nasty 
little bug, and uh, it's it's horrible. It's it's been it's been bad, and I got someone here with a clematis, and you have a few little holes on it. Honestly, I think that's fairly natural on that one, and uh, I think you're okay. And also birch leaf miner, yeah. Actually, that is birch leaf miner all over your birch tree as well. I think you sent a text earlier um, on the 21st last week that I didn't get to you. And it looks like that one's fairly normal on your clematis, but that's, that is birch leaf miner. I would use Rage Plus and lots of good water on that. And then you can also next year start using... And you can even use it right now. You could use ambush on it to help combat that and uh, see what happens. It's yeah, you have it fairly bad, so you need to revitalize the roots and help it survive that. And um, when it takes that much of the of the leaves, it's very hard on those um, big nice birch you have there. Let's go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, you were saying ambush for the red beetles. Yes. I phoned the center here and I said, "Do you carry ambush?" She said, "Sorry, you can't get it in Alberta." Yeah, no, we have. Whereabouts are you? In Red Deer. Yeah, we have it. No, they should be able to. We have it at uh, Spruce It Up. So. Oh, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. I said, "Well, what have you got in place of it?" She said, "Best thing, just go out and keep picking them." <laughs> I said, "Well, I need an army." Yeah, well, and that is—it's always a fun method, right? You get to watch them squish <laughs> in your fingers, but. Uh, yeah, you should. Um, or look for another product that has permethrin. If they have a permethrin, and I, I think also some of the insecticidal soaps have it. So just ask them for that. Okay. If you're going to carry two or three uh, different fertilizers, could you carry two and cover everything? Like a 15, 30, 15? Yeah, if you have lots of flowering plants, absolutely. absolutely. 15, 30, 15 is awesome. Um, also... Like the 202020 is a great all purpose. Like when I was growing um, in the garden center, like when I was a head grower down at Sunnyside, we used to use like mainly 202020 for the most part. We'd, we'd supplement once in a while with the 153015, or when we transplanted all our smaller, we'd use 105210. But once they get past a certain point, if you have a lot of fertile, a lot of plants and you just want a good all purpose, 202020 is, is a great fertilizer. And we can't get sixteen thirty sixteen down here. No, I, I I made it ourselves. So um, we're a short drive from uh, Red Deer. Just come on down for a visit, and you can get your ambush, and we'll get you some greened up lawn fertilizer. <laughs> yeah, why don't you send a truckload down, put it in my garage, and I'll be your <laughs> dealer, <laughs> my distributor. All right. <laughs> All okay, right. thanks, Mo. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Um, where are we at for time? I better just do a couple texts. Um, says, hi, Merle, it's Les. Over the last couple of years, been working on a large greenhouse, thousand square feet. Everything is going well for except for one major thing. I've noticed some plants, they start to flower, and the pollination spills over to other sections and times. Cannot tell which plant is which. So I end up pulling out the wrong plant. Is there an effective way to control this? Ha, huh, that one's going to be a little hard. I got to think about that before I try to answer that on air. I'm just going to take a break. You're listening to <laughs> Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to Brady. Good morning, Brady. Hey, Merle. How can I help you? Um, hey, got a few uh, large caliper green ashes that I planted last year that aren't uh, doing so good. Okay. Um, they're pretty large uh, root balls, maybe 42 inches. We put nice big holes, um, fertilize them with some 16, 16, 16. They did really well last year, uh, yep. about June. Um, gave them a deep watering before winter, and uh, this spring they had a lot of new growth in the branches. However, the leaves aren't coming out; they're really struggling. Yeah, um, yeah. One some of it is squeezing them out; the other one isn't. Yeah, a lot of them got freeze dried, and the ash are always the slowest to come out. But what I would do is just ensure you're doing that slow deep watering, and then I would use Rage Plus on them. Don't use the other fertilizer right now. I would just try to get some Rage Plus on there and get the roots going. Okay. Is what I would do is give them a five gallon pail each, sort of every five days, each one. Just just uh, mix it up, and one of those bottles typically mixes three hundred and thirty three liters. So yeah, the the green ash are a tougher one to begin with, and especially with the winter we had, it was so hard on a lot of those. Like I see, I'm seeing mature green ashes that are just struggling. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if they have uh, new growth and um, the leaves haven't come out yet, uh, there's still some hope. If there's still can, some uh, hope, and that's where the Rage Plus is the really the only one that I'd recommend. Um, it, it helps push tissue culture or tissue life back into branches when they've been freeze dried or certain things. Um, that would be the only one that I would see that's going to give it a, a really good help. And just that slow deep water and ensure that you're getting the water down into that root ball. And that slow, like sort of for four or five hours each one, just that slow trickle out of the hose and all the way down to the bottom. Fantastic. Really appreciate it. All right. Good luck. Hopefully that yep. uh, works for you. Bye-bye. We'll do. Cheers. All right. Let's go to Diana. Good morning, Diana. Good morning, Merle. What's oh, happening? Uh, we're getting lots of rain here. I have a poor little mountain ash that looks pathetic. I did some really careful pruning on it because it had real winter dieback, like mm-hmm. crazy. And now I'm looking at it. Of course, it looks appalling. It's got, you know, odd bits, you know, the worst pruning job ever done to a tree. <laughs> but I didn't want to cut off living stuff. Was I wrong to try and keep it sh- keep it shape and cut it down a bit? Or um, Yes and no. Like I, with mountain ash, I usually only remove dead, damaged, or diseased branching, um, right. or unless they're totally crisscrossing, because they like to thicken up. They like to shade their branches within, so right. they don't like to be thinned out a whole lot, and they don't like to be, have any stubs left. So as long right. as you do the proper pruning, like down to just above the collar, where so it can heal properly. Yeah, so it's going somewhere. Yeah, you know, I give it somewhere to. Go, right? Yeah, and this when you do cut, just don't leave a stub. Like don't don't okay. leave a small branch or a branch that where you cut it in the middle of it because they just don't do well that way. Like they um, they need to be cut back to the main branch, sort of where it can heal, like where a collar is. Right, and uh, it, it it's tough on those. And I've just seen so many bad pruning jobs on mountain ash, and they just don't recover well. Like. If you have a poplar or some of those other things, they can recover through some of that stuff, right? They grow through it. But well, mountain ash. One, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. I've got one branch coming up the middle, you see, and it's got life on it. It's got, it's trying. Yeah. But it makes the, it looks like I've massacred the rest of the tree. <laughs> and I'm like, this looks terrible. This looks like I'm ashamed to admit I had anything to do with this. Tree. Yeah, I would just, um, 
yeah. I cut that off or yeah. just to make it look yeah, better? I would, yeah, even it up a bit. But unless it's like dead, damaged, disease is all I would be removing and kind of just let it grow through it and let it thicken up a bit. And then maybe you can do a bit of shaping when you have a bit more choices of what you can prune off. Oh, okay. Would it help? I got hold of some lac balsam. And should I put that on anywhere I've cut? Just um, no? No, not really. You not just really. want to let it heal. Like if there's some okay. damage on it, like if an animal's got in and chewed or done some stuff, um, or if you are, if you do have to leave a branch where you cut it in half, it right. doesn't hurt on that. But other than that, I, I don't no. like covering up any of my wounds. As long as you do proper pruning, you okay. shouldn't have to okay. use it. it. But it is good for if you have some damage or animal damage or things like that, then the lac balsam works good. So. Ah, right. Well, I won't use that. I'll see if it'll heal up on its own. And how, how, was your, uh, how was your uh, oh. sweet pea <laughs> crop this year? Lovely season. I've been cutting sweet peas all month. I mean, I'm just loving this. Yeah, I bet. They're and, a little bit cooler, a little bit wet. Yeah, cool and wet, and they're happy. And I'm <laughs> they not feel like they're back in England. Eh? <laughs> that's well, I left England to get out of this kind of weather. You so, go. you know, that didn't work real well. But thank you, Merle. I right. had a super year, so I appreciate it. And yeah. I will maybe do a, you know, yeah, have another look at the tree. Yeah, just let it grow. Just nurture it for a bit first. Like, just, uh, again, um, it doesn't mind just the regular fertilizer to, like, the 15-30-15 is a good one for the mountain ash as well. Okay, super. All right, thank you. Thank nice you. to talk to you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and I'm going to go, the third caller, we're going to give away a $100 gift card to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And uh, just give us a call. Brian will give it away. Third caller will get a $100 gift card to 974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. If you want to win a gift card, to 1-800-GOT-JUNK for $100. And I'm going to go up to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How, How are you? I, good, good. How are you? Good. Uh, we have a 20-year-old Wichita juniper that faces east, and the new growth came in brown. It's about four inches long this spring. Yeah. So I- that's probably I, not the new growth. That's probably just the old growth that didn't come out. It probably just went brown, uh, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. So I saw, and it's still looking kind of brownish. This- yeah, I would just anything that's brown, I would just cut it off. Um, fertilize your junipers with thirty ten ten. Thirty ten ten. And that'll help push some growth up top. It needs the it needs a push on the top end. Okay. And as long like, as it's not like a one third gone or anything like that, you're just getting some tips oh. and stuff. Yeah, just the tips. Yep, just just trim those off, and uh, and then just uh, thirty ten ten once a week up until mid July. Uh, okay. And then uh, and you can probably even go a little bit longer till the end of July. Give it two or three shots, and then you should be good. Okay. I have another quick question. We have a birch tree in the back. Yep. And it's completely. No leaves. It, it's not very old. It's only about five years old, but it is quite tall. And the last branch has got some uh, leaves on, but nothing else is happening. Can I cut the top off? Yes. Well, what what I would do first, did that just die back this year or has it been like that for a couple of years? No, just this year. I would try some Rage Plus on it right now. Um, so give it a really good deep watering, get some Rage Plus. And I've seen it push life back into birch trees. If it's the same season, I've seen it lots of times work. And it, okay. it, it'll revitalize the tissue in the branches. 
and just give it that slow, deep water and give it a really good shot of Rage Plus. Okay. And uh, let me know on that because uh, we've had quite a few customers call us and send us pictures of before and after where it's worked really well. So I've always liked to follow up and see. Um, yeah, it's always interesting. And I just got a, another uh, picture from somebody else, another uh, another listener, regarding what's the difference between blight and leaf miner. The picture that you sent me in the picture is definitely leaf miner. They just get in there. It's a little bug, and they just suck the, the nourishment of all the leaves, and they just turn it brown. So, and... Uh, but I don't think I have that. But yeah, anyway. no, it probably just died on the top end, and that a lot of that happened this past year with the with the freeze drying and stuff like that. So, okay, great. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Bye bye. And congratulations right. to Jeff Lentz. He was the winner of our one night one hundred dollar gift card to one eight hundred Got Junk, where they'll just haul it away. Just give them a shout, and they'll haul it away. All right, and I got a picture from. Good morning, Merle. What type of tree is this? Pink, white flowers from Brian. That is a Toba hawthorn. And if it had just pure white flowers, it would be a snowbird hawthorn, but yours has the pink on it. It do look like you need to a little bit of pruning on it. It needs to be thinned out a little bit, so uh, don't hesitate to do that. And give it a little bit of 15, 30, 15. Give it a little cleanup, and it looks like you got a great-looking tree down there. And right now I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Lucas boat is painted green, the prettiest boat that you've ever seen. Aha, me boys, if we lie there. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Norm. Good morning, Norm. Merle, good morning. How can I help you? You know, we've got some beautiful plants, tomato plants. Awesome. They're about uh, three feet high each. Okay. And they got beautiful red tomatoes on the top, but yep. black on the bottom. You're lacking calcium. Oh, calcium, okay. Yeah, it's just called blossom end rot. Yeah, and, okay. And uh, so you need to get a tomato fertilizer that has a um, calcium supplement in it. And these are grown in pots, you said, I believe? Yes, they are, deep pots, yeah. Yeah, and fresh soil every year or, like, fresh soil? Well, we just bought them this spring, Merle, so... Okay, awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, you're just, you're just lacking. So it's a little bit inconsistent watering, too, So, but it's, it's mainly a calcium um, missing. Like, you just need to... And there's the rate, like, the Evolve has one, or we have a product that just is the calcium supplement that you can use, like, with a 15-30-15, and uh, it will help end that blossom and rot. Well, that'd be great because the tomatoes look great. <laughs> yeah, and that's over. yeah, that's the problem. Something with the bigger tomatoes, um, and you just need to add that supplement to them, and that'll make a big difference. Well, look, I appreciate that very much. And yeah, just pull those ones off, unfortunately, and maybe you can try and try the top halves. It might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll certainly try that. Absolutely. And you must have the most popular show in Calgary. Uh, well, I hope so. Uh, it's it's pretty good. I'm pretty fortunate. We have lots of great listeners, lots of people that call in. So You sure do. I have lots of fun. So thank you so much. Thanks, Merle. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at for time? We've got a little bit of time. Charlotte wants to know if we're going to saw it or seed. The big dilemma. Good morning, Charlotte. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good. How are you? 
Uh, we had a spruce tree taken out, and we took out our patio because the spruce tree ruined it. Yep. So we have these big patches of where we can resod or seed. What would be best at this time of year? I would myself, depending on the amount, like if it's not huge amounts, I would just sod. I would clean up, remove a bunch of the old soil first, though, like dig out and remove the soil, whether you're going to seed or sod, and replenish with nice new loam. Okay. Level it out, pack it down, and then I would use our 1632-6 uh, green up lawn fertilizer and with your new sod and then your existing sod as well, and you'll be mowing grass within two weeks. Okay, great, because we're looking at, I imagine the uh, we've had the trunk ground down. Yep. It's going to sink a little bit, so we're going to leave it for a few weeks. Yeah, so what, what I would probably do is even like while you're waiting, though, is if you can, because a lot of the roots will still be there, right? Right. Um, dig down and just try and remove some of that soil, or depending on the grade of what's there, you can add soil on top. Um, just to add, to, and like I said, depending on what grade you're at, if you can, if you, if the height allows you to add some three to four inches on top of where the trees were, then I would do that, or I would just remove some of the old stuff. And uh, and then you don't have to wait those weeks either, right, for the sinkage because you'll be adding new loam and things like that. Just do a good cleanup of there and revitalize the soil. Yeah, because we've been trying to rake up all the mulch as much as we can. Yeah. Every week, so. Um, can I ask you one other quick question? Sure. We have a six-by-six six hedge. Yeah. And um, we have a few black spots, but it, there, it's not terrible. We don't need to cut it down at this point, do we? No, sorry again. What kind of tree was it? Uh, Katoni uh, um, Aster Hedge? Yeah, um, just as long as it's, you don't have the scale. Like, it, it, if you're starting to get lots of dye back on it, um, then it, 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 when they get older, they do need to get revitalized or rejuvenated. And at that point, we just take them right down to the ground, do a really good cleanup of the soil around it and nice clean branches, and then let it grow from the bottom. And within the first, second year, you're almost back as high as where it was. Right? You have a nice, healthy-looking hedge. Yeah, it is pretty healthy looking. Yeah, but then just leave it, just, just ensure, um, just do a really good cleanup in the fall and a product called Pure Spray Green that you can use. Okay. All righty. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take my last break of the show, and when we come back, we got 10 more minutes. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Lots of great Canadian musicians. We're very fortunate to have a vast talent pool that we have here in Canada. Let's go to the phone lines and we're going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Morning. How can Um, I help you? Oh, hi. Yes, I have a, about a three-year-old Miss Kim Lilac. It's about three feet tall. Uh, flowered in the first couple of years, but this year we had no flowers on it at all. Just wondered what the problem uh, might be. Is there? Did you get much dieback on it at all, or is it fully oh, it leafed out? No, it's healthy. Yeah, the only thing I could think, did you maybe trim it at all last summer at all? After no, I didn't do anything to okay. it. Okay. Um, typically... Um, a little bit of dieback, possibly, but um, maybe it's just lacking the the middle number. So it, maybe it's time to. And I'm not sure if you're doing a fertilizer on the on the lilac. Right. Try using the fifteen thirty fifteen. Build up the phosphate in there, and okay. then that'll help produce some blooms for next spring. 
Okay. I mean, just ensure it's getting that slow, deep watering. As they get big, you just got to remember that they have a lot of leaves that they need to push out. So as they get right. bigger, they, they need more and more nourishment and a little bit more water. Yeah, it looks healthy. It doesn't okay. look, no. Awesome. Yeah, it's probably just lacking the phosphate then. So right now is when you want to build that up. So I would start on a good fertilizer program right now, sort of once a week up until the end of July. And uh, that should be great. Okay, thank you so much. All right, thanks, Sylvia. Have a good day. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Jelaine, I believe is the name, Jelaine? Yes. Hi there. Hi. What can you tell me about sumac trees? Sumacs. Yes. Uh, I've had, this one appeared in my garden, and I just kept it, and it grew really well, and it's beautiful, and it sent out all these little side shoots and I kept them all I have a lot of space and the tallest ones every year I lose the tallest ones and I don't know I know they're supposed to be dry so yeah, they I, like it hot high, uh, like like a nice sunny warm spot yes, a little bit of sheltered a, a nice hot spot um, but we've had in Lethbridge here two or three days of 30-degree weather, so I thought they've got to need water. So yep. I watered them, um, not heavily, but maybe a gallon each. And the next day I go out, and the two tallest ones are totally wilted. The entire tree just totally wilted. Yeah. And now this happened to me one other year, and... And that's weird. In just water, though, you didn't use any fertilizer or anything, or no? They've just been sitting there and doing really well. I was so happy with them, and I don't know. Can they not even stand a gallon of water? Oh um, no, no. They because we water our, like I said, we have them in our tree lot. Like they get watered every night, and oh. um, usually they're fine. Like that's it's just a little bit odd. Um, did it kind of wilt down and kind of go black? Well, they didn't yet. I just looked at them yesterday is when I noticed. Uh, but they all, sometimes their leaves turn in a bit, like when it gets cool. Are you guys getting the rain down there too right now? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, they will, they'll turn into themselves when it gets cold too. So it might be just a bit of that, like they're just turning, you know what I mean? Well, this was yesterday oh, okay. when they wilted, totally wilted, and it was huh. quite hot here yesterday, so... Uh, the only thing I can think of is that watering that I did, because the little ones they're fine. They're just and I watered them too. But it's always the very tallest ones, and they were about six, seven feet tall already. Wow! Yeah, that's huge for a sumac too. I guess down there, well, maybe you, get, you was, get a lot more heat. Yeah, um, yeah, and they are in a very heat. Um, and high, like they're kind of up on a... Yeah, that's just unusual. I've never really heard that or seen that much. Like, usually... And I love the sumac. Oh, they're gorgeous. Yeah, no, because you'll see them growing on the side of roads, like when you get down into the States or different areas. Like I don't know how this one got in my garden. Yeah, no, they're quite invasive as well. Yeah, so. But I love them, so I just wondered if that extra water, because they were fine till I watered them. Huh. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm a little bit, if you could um, send me a picture 
um, to Let's Talk Gardening at siugc.ca. S-I-U-C-G? No, S-I-U-G-C, Spruce It Up Garden Center, dot okay. C-A, at Let's Talk Gardening. And I'll have a look at that and see if I can just uh, tell by the by the picture. Okay, I will do that. Alrighty. So can I just ask another thing? I had a lilac tree about four years old, um, and around it was growing this snow on the mountain, and yep. it was really invasive, and yep. I didn't want it there, so I sprayed the snow on the mountain. Yeah. Well, the next year, this uh, lilac tree brought out the leaves, but they were all curled up, and they were yellow. And I thought, oh, those roots got that were sprayed with Roundup got in with the yeah, that's, lilac it, tree. And so I left it for another year. Now, two years in a row, it leaves out, but it's still uh, rolly, rolled up. I would say it's something else as well. If you can include that in the picture as well. Okay. Because typically well, Roundup only kills what it touches. I cut the tree right down to the ground. Okay. And I'll leave it. it another year and see. Yep. But I wondered if it was worth keeping, whether it would always yeah, down. Yeah, that up. one's unusual that you that would do that because typically Roundup just it neutralizes when it hits the ground. But I thought, but they do say that if it's intertwined with. Yeah, you got to be careful if it if it go if it touches any of the leaves. Yeah. that's what that's how it gets in there. Alrighty, I got to run. Thank Sorry. you. Sorry. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and Catherine, I'll take you off air if you'd like to listen and uh, trying to get through all the texts. I'm sorry if I didn't get to you. Um, um, you can try us again next week or give us a shout. And uh, till next week, we'll get our garden on here right on 770 CHQR.